Right, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> oh, God, I'm starting to laugh. <laughs> oh, this is... Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Where did that come from? And welcome to who knows what episode this will be of Theme Songs. Uh, we're churning out so many podcasts at the moment that nobody knows what number we are. So it could be 1200. And not sitting next to me because of social distancing is my co-host, Steve Woolley. Hello, Steve. Hello, Tina. Hello, Hello you Steve. Cat Hello, you cats and kittens. Is it just me or does that woman's voice do something to you? You know, I shouldn't do, but it which, did. Which woman? <laughs> which woman? Uh, you've read, you've watched Tiger King, I take it. Oh my God. Yeah, when she goes, hello, all oh, your cats and kittens I on, had the, no on her podcast. And I thought, hi, hi. <laughs> I had no idea you're referring to her then. I guess. <laughs> What's her, is her name Carol Baskin? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what did uh, you what did you think of Tiger King then? I thought it was, yeah, like everybody else. I I kept thinking, well, I know I know where this is going, and then I kept thinking, and then at the end, going, I don't know where this is going. No. <laughs> it's, I, uh, show, I, it shows um, why people shouldn't be allowed to sort of work with animals, really. Absolutely. <laughs> I started watching it because. It seemed so popular. I thought, well, you know, so many people are watching Same it. Here, yeah. It might be good. So I started watching it and I just felt abject horror at these pieces of shit yes. that, that have got like a series. And they want him, this murdering blonde bastard, to come out of prison. This is, um, you what? know, um, you, 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 you fear for humanity, you know, yeah. because. Um, Nobody, nobody in that program walked it could at the end of the day come out of me and say, Well, I think that showed me in rather a good light. It didn't, it's it just shows... they're just all of them are psychos, aren't they? Double, well, they are, yeah, <laughs> absolute psychos. But I suppose, you know, this being a music show, we should mention uh, that the, the Tiger King sings, doesn't he? Yeah. And I yeah. and these videos would come on. I think actually he's not got a bad voice, really. No, 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 it's not no. him. Ah, right. Okay. Not... <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, the one redeeming feature he had was he could yeah. sing some country yeah. and west, and it wasn't him. It wasn't him. Him. Oh dear. I don't know who it was. Oh god, he's probably dead. Whoever it is, he's probably been <laughs> eaten by a puma or something. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So, Stephen. Yes. What have you been listening to since the last show? Oh, loads of stuff. That I'm, I really feel sorry for uh, people because of, you know, the lockdown. They can't sort of go and promote the stuff that they've released, really. Mm. Um, I like the new James Taylor Quartet. Um, that's the James Taylor Quartet, not ja James Taylor, James Taylor. Um, All right. And uh, People Get Ready, which has uh, been recorded in um, Abbey Road. And it's got orchestra and some um, vocalists on it. Really, yeah. really good. I, I've oh. always liked James Taylor. So um, this is not 
This no, is not, not James the folky, uh, folky James James Taylor. This is the funky James Taylor. <laughs> well, I I actually heard the folky James Taylor's new album a couple of weeks ago, where he's singing I, American classics. I haven't heard it. No, <clears> I mean <throat> I, I really like both James Taylors. Really, <laughs> it's rather lovely to be oh, honest. He's a, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a really good guy. But I haven't heard that now. But the I can recommend the uh, uh, the British James Taylor. Um, uh, Ren Harvey, you ever come across Ren Harvey? No, no. She released an album. It's a woman. <laughs> um, she released an album. I think it was two thousand and eight, and it was really, really good. She got a fantastic voice. Yeah. And um, I thought, and she, I remember seeing her on Jules Holland, and I thought, oh right, she's really good. Got the album, and then nothing. And uh, then suddenly she's she's come back and apparently she had rather a bad car accident oh dear. and uh, which sort of you know uh, laid her up for years and um, she's just come back but her new album is called Revel in the Drama hmm. and it's fantastic it's okay. kind of uh, there's kind of a lot of torch songs on there and uh, she's it's kind of got a kind of sixties feel to it really okay. really good um, I saw I've list got. Um, the uh, Baxter Jury Night Chances uh, album and the new Thundercat, which both come in around a half an hour, which I think is great. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, so a short album. Yeah, that's like... what you want in an album, isn't it? You know? And are these downloaded CDs or vinyl? Vinyl, sorry. Uh, some are vinyl. Um, I've got um, some of I think I'm just waiting to to come. I've used Spotify uh, for oh. some of them, and uh, have you come across uh, Izzo Fitzroy? No. Um, I thought she was American. She again, she's from the UK. Um, uh, called How the Mighty Fall. Um, that's a really good sell. Um, yeah. uh, quite hard hitting actually. Mm. And finally. <laughs> The uh, James Hunter Six have just signed to the uh, the Daptown label, uh, which used to have Sharon Jones on, and um, yeah. I listened to that and I thought, oh, this is really good. Uh, do a bit of um, investigating, and it turns out it comes from Cheltenham. I thought he was from Louisiana oh. or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But he, apparently he's he's, out, he's he's trapped out in the states. He he recorded the album and was promoting it and. Because of the lockdown, he's, tra- he's trapped out in the States now. But uh, it's uh, a really, really good album. Um, how do you he- how do you hear of these bands? Do you just sort of, are you like having a mooch online and go, ooh, I like the cover of that, like we used to in the old days when we were it's slipping a bit through? Of every, bit of everything, really. Some I, I got a couple of mates who are DJs anyway. Mm. So um, they if we um, if we, we come across something, we'll... We'll sort of pass it on, usually um, over social media or, or text each other. Mm. Um, some of it is um, comes from. I tend to sort of listen to um, Giles Peterson a, a bit and um, the Craig Charles show as well. Yeah, he's he's really they're both really good. Mm. Uh, that, that kind of takes up most of my Saturday when I'm not podcasting, of course. Of course, <laughs> yeah. which is more important. Which is more important. So I, it, I just generally take, keep an ear out, and if I, if I listen, if I find something that comes my way, then um, I'll make an out of it. And of course, it's so easy with Spotify these days. You can just 
type it in and uh, and be straight down a, a sort of rabbit hole, can't you? Well, I, uh, I miss the days of going to like independent record shops and just uh, flipping through the LPs. Yeah. I found, I think, all my favourites that are a bit sort of not really known uh, were literally purchases because I like the cover of the LP. <laughs> I've got several. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just like the like the picture on the front. Like yes. the main. I can remember seeing poses. Rufus Wainwright. Oh right, okay. That was God. That was a long time ago, and I saw it. Never heard of him. Did, had no idea what he was like. Saw the cover of the album and thought, "Oh, I like that," and I bought it. And I've been a, a really big fan ever since. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Um... <clears throat> so then, Steve. Oh, I haven't mentioned what I've been listening to, actually. Yeah, I don't know whether or not I should mention what happened. So so it's a weird time, isn't it? We're not allowed to go out. I'm yeah. not complaining. I'm all for it. The longer we stay in, the better. And uh, being a bit of a cripple, I can't exercise. And I swim. Yes. So all the pools are closed. So I've tried all these online exercise videos, blah de blah, yoga, meh. Everything is either sitting down and not active enough, or it's so hard for me to do because I can't get down on my hands and knees on the floor. I can only do sort of standing up exercises. Uh-huh. And I ended up doing having a go at um, Granny Joe Wicks. I thought, this will be okay. Everybody's going on about Joe Wicks. I'm going to have a go with it. So it, with the exercise is really simple. You reach up on the left, up into the air, and down to your right foot, and up in the air to the left, down to your, and then you swap sides. And I sort of came to flat on my face on the floor. I oh, no. Yeah, I think I did actually sort of pass out for like five seconds because I landed on my face in the living room. Okay. So, which was hilarious. So I was moaning to my sister about, oh, I can't exercise and I'm so stiff. And she said, well, why don't you just dance? Mm. <laughs> and I said, what? And she said, just, you're always singing and dancing. Just do it, but do it faster. So your heartbeat gets up. So have a guess what I listened to. Go on, something. Uh, George oh. Michael, go on. Oh, nearly. Prince. Yeah. Prince. Half oh, an hour man. with Prince. Oh, you well, you, you you're never going to keep your uh, your feet still, are you? No, no. no yeah, I was absolutely fucked, <laughs> and I've pulled something. Uh, I pulled something in my bottom, believe it or not. So I haven't been able to, but I really did party like it's 1999. Well, you would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. So I've been listening to Prince, and the the other album that I've been listening to, and this is directly from us talking on the last podcast when we were talking about Paul Weller. Um, I bought the next Imagine Village CD. It was, oh, I think yeah. it was like two quid on eBay. Um, Empire and Love. I've only heard it once and I haven't made my mind up about it. I thought the first Imagine Village um, CD, instantly I liked it. This mm -hmm. one, though, I'm just one listener and I'm, Mm, I'm a bit like mm, I don't know if I like this or not. So, but that's that's all I've been listening to this week. Is I I'm different to you. You listen well, to lots and lots of music. Well, I not just... quite all because uh, I I sent you a, a message earlier in the week and said I gave you some homework, didn't I? Yeah, well, I never got a message saying I got homework. <laughs> 
I got the uh, message saying I'd got homework, but I never saw a message what the homework was. Regarding the Bob Dylan Murder Mouse Fell song? Oh, I might have not, forgotten to not, do it. <laughs> you've forgotten to do it, haven't you? Right, I, naughty girl. What was I supposed to do? What was I supposed to do? You're Just supposed listen to, to listen it. to it. We yeah, were, I, uh, I did listen to it. Um, uh, right. I did listen to it. and um, What did you think? Well, you know... You don't oh, like him. I, you don't like his voice. No, it, is, it isn't that I don't like him. I can, I can see that he is amazing. And he's... I've got a long history with Bob Dylan. Um, when I, when I was sort of in my early teens, I was friends with people that were older than me, uh, and like my friends' brothers and sisters were into music that I wouldn't normally have heard. So they were into like Melanie, and Led Zeppelin, and um, well, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Joan Joe Baez. I was about to say Joni Mitchell. Yeah. She used to come in there and well, young. I, yeah. I absolutely love Joni Mitchell. I really love Joni Mitchell. But there's something about Bob Dylan that whenever I heard him, I start <laughs> singing <laughs> along with him. And he, you know, some like Lay Lady Lay's great song, isn't it? And He's, well, just, yeah. he's just written so many iconic songs. But in the way he sings them, that really turns me off. So when you said, and also my ex-husband absolutely loved Bob Dylan and would play him constantly, which uh, would be like... Oh, you're going to um, take a guinea to you, really? Oh, you know, and I'd be like, oh, fucking yeah. put the scorpions on. Holy <laughs> shit. Listen to Bob Dylan. Yeah, so so he, it's just the the nasalness of his voice that I didn't like. So when you asked me to listen to this song, I thought, oh, fuck, he's going to be singing, but he's a lot older now, so it'll be like a bit deeper. But he doesn't sing. No. <laughs> it's I, more narrated, isn't it, well, really? Well, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because the content of the song is about, more, well, it's not just about Kennedy's assassination, no. is it? No, because he's throwing in references all over the place, yeah. isn't he? Really, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think even Fleetwood Mac got a got a yeah. Got a, yeah. <laughs> and Nightmare on Elm Street, I noticed as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, Elm Street was um, the street where Kennedy was actually assassinated. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, it, that, that was some some imagery, and I think it's the longest song that he's ever written. Yeah. It's, it goes in about seventeen minutes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think which is. There was one track on an album, oh, Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands, which used yeah. to take the, the the one side of an album. Mm. But I think it's longer than that, you know. Um, I just thought it was it. I, I put it on. I was walking the dog one morning. It was one of those kind of misty mornings, you know, mm. about sort of seven o'clock. And I was walking through the mist with this plane. And I thought, any minute now, it's going to finish. Any minute now, it's going to finish. <laughs> and I, and I, we're walking back up the path at the end of it, and it's still going. I quite, I quite like it. You know, mm. um, uh, it almost sounds like he's, he's, he's kind of like an epitaph. Really, <laughs> I hope it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. How old epitaph. is Bob Dylan? Is he eighty? He's, he's getting that way. Because um, the last time I saw him um, was the NEC. Oh, that had got to be. Easily 10, 12 years ago. Mm. And, you know, if if I say to you, Bob Dylan, mm. uh, playing live, 
um, then you get a picture of the acoustic guitar, yeah. you know, and he don't play the guitar. His yeah. hands, he's got arthritis in hands, in yeah. his hands, yeah. and he don't play the guitar anymore. When yeah. I saw him, he was playing the piano. Which, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it was like a, a stride piano. Yeah. And, and man, all these Dylan heads, he mm. cut, he, you know, when he was due on at seven, half past seven, when the shit, you know, oh, 7.30, Bob Dylan, yeah, he was on the stage at 7.30. People were walking in half past eight, you know, oh, that support band sounds quite good. Yeah. No, <laughs> actually, mate, you're halfway through the gig. He's going to oh, go in God, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, um, he, he, he's not, he don't appear what he, 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 you you imagine him anymore. Um, mm. Well, he he's always had an interest in life, hasn't he? Really, I mean, <laughs> he he's one of those blokes, much like Boris Johnson. Nobody really knows how many kids he's got. <laughs> is one thing about him, but yeah. he's, uh, I mean, for a little Jewish boy, <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, yeah. Jewish Christian. I I think he's oh, gone well, back yeah. to Jewish, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was is he the Jewish Christian again, album. Yeah. It was the Christian albums, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we parted company around that stage. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Bob's got God. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what? What have you? Have you read anything about it? I. The only thing I've that not, I could. Um, no. I could find online. He's he's given that I can find. So, if anybody out there has read an interview, please let me know because I'd be really interested to read it. I looked online, couldn't see any interviews. He just literally released this song. Yeah. And yeah, everyone yeah. went, Bob. Bob Dylan's released a song. There's going to yeah. be an album, but there isn't. It's just this song. And I wonder what made him do it. Yeah, perhaps he got the lockdown. Because <laughs> that bored. sounds like it, the, the, the violin in the background. I think I'm, I could be wrong, but it sounds a bit like Scarlett O'Hara, who was on the Desire album. But I, again, I couldn't be wrong. I haven't checked it. So, mm. um, but he must have got people. Well, I suppose that again, you can work remotely these days, can't you? Collaborate. Well, not, not if you're 79. Not if you're Bob Dylan, you know. Not if you're Bob he's, Dylan. He's probably a thatched computer or something, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, should we start with our, yeah, uh, our subject? The... Oh, you picked such a hard one this time. In fact, it's so hard and encompassing that um, I suggested we split it into two to give yeah. each other sort of a chance to really think because it's 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 practically impossible what you Oh, picked, it's impossible. Isn't yeah. it? It just it, is. I think we'll go back to it at some stage after, <laughs> yeah, after we've done part. So you, we'll be still on part six somewhere down the line. Yeah. So this time you picked live yeah. as, as, our, as our theme for today and also ne the next show, which will be yeah. my turn. Um, don't worry, it's not going to be total rock. <laughs> so, um, <I'm> good. <laughs> what made you think of live? Was did it just pop in your head, or did you? No, I've been reading a, uh, a book, um, and it was it's about the history of recorded music, hmm. and it's it's by Pete God uh, Doggett, and yeah. um, it's called oh, Electric Shock, right. and it's. It's it's kind of um it's it doesn't go into the the specifics of all oh, the Beatles and all kinds of stuff like that. It, mm. It's a sort of history of of, of music uh, how it was recorded. That's and, interesting. And 
it's um, it's quite interesting because he sort of you know when you think oh well when did when was popular music when was it invented mm. and you know some people would say well it was it was the fifties the dawn of rock and roll you know and some people would say well not quite it was um, the, uh, the Sinatra era you know mm, when all yeah. the, the croons the swingers come come out he come he puts it um just around um the turn of the 20th century round yeah. about when the gramophone itself yeah, yeah. was invented and he, he said he he um he paints this picture in it and he said uh, well you can imagine some guy who went off to the um the first world war as an officer mm. you know so he would have he would have looked kind of had a cavalry uniform on and he would he might have even been riding a horse you know off into battle and uh, <laughs> with a gramophone the, under his arm but he, he's, he's married and he's what and he comes back and his wife's got a gramophone mm. and he's into jazz and he's now in a nightclub showing a knickers you know right yeah and maybe maybe drinking uh you know martinis maybe even snorting a bit of coke you know how disgusting. And he said, you know, there's the there's the start start of popular culture. Yeah, you know, yeah. forget about that. And he said that um because a lot of the early jazz that's recorded was by white musicians mm. as opposed to black. And he's yeah. and the reason he gives for this was black people just the black musicians at the time really didn't think that was a good idea to record something. It was you know, it was the playing itself really. Right. So you had all these pseudo minstrel bands who were mainly white folks blacking up, yeah. Um, you know, and including, I think it was one of the, I think Prince Edward, one of the royal family. Yeah, <laughs> um, really? Yes, wow. Yeah, honestly, one. Of, I think it was Victoria's son. I, I think I'm oh God, fairly blacking sure. up and they're Nazis but, yeah. as well. Yeah, one of us had to say <laughs> it's it. It's in the family, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, so I was I was just thinking about that, and really. We've come full circle because you know, as as you know through through your through your son Wes, really people can't make a living out of no. recording music no. anyway. It's 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 back to the live yeah. um, situation. Absolutely, and even and, and that's ended now, and it probably will ne not be the same for a long, long time. But you know what I heard this morning? What's what? the the new thing? What? In somebody's tried it out again in America. I'm fairly sure mm. um, a driving concert. So a band played in front of 500 punters yeah. uh, on stage, and it was a driving concert. So it played through their car radio. That's and they not a bad idea. Well, is you it? know, you can isolate. You know, I mean, and uh, I, I, you know, you can't uh, sort of. You know, I don't know. Uh, wave your fist in the air. I suppose you can honk your horn. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> wipe your window blades a cuff. Or cuff, ram the I stage can't. if you don't yeah. like it. Yeah, ram the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh. what was the first song that you picked, Steve, on for this particular themed song of uh, live? Yeah, uh, the first uh, song I I picked is a, a band I've I've seen quite recently. Uh, not quite the last band, but I saw, but uh, before the lockdown, but certainly one of them. And uh, this is uh, Duran Jones and the Indications, and uh, Morning in, Amer in America. 
He's got such a good voice. Yeah, I I I remember sending you um, the uh, uh, the video link, um, yeah. and you came back automatically saying, "This is really good." Yeah, and I did it to so many people. And a DJ friend of friend of mine um, just came up in a conversation. And she said, uh, "Have you heard this Duran Jones uh, album?" And I said, "No." And she said, "Oh." It's really good. I've got it on my turntable and I really haven't took it off for a week. Yeah. And so I did. I looked at the same video for that song. I went, right, where do I get this? Yeah. You know, and um, <clears throat> I saw them in a, a very, very small venue. And it was I think it was sold out, but it was really, really packed. God, you couldn't even imagine doing that these days. But, yeah. Um, and they were incredible. Um, they've got. Um, they. They almost, because they've also obviously got such a good knowledge of the music and they, they've got a sort of sound like, I mean, there's uh, so many other bands that they've, they've, they, they do sound like and so many other artists. There's a bit of Curtis Mayfield in there, you know. Um, but um, they don't, never turn it into a pastiche. The, the stuff sort of still no needs. they they don't do they that that's the thing it's like so soulful and yeah. you, when you listen to it you it's so familiar that that the whole vibe of it um and the other thing is that not there isn't just one singer they all have a bit of a go with yeah. it don't they as the, well the, yeah the drummer uh, Aaron <clears throat> Fraser who can do that falsetto you know mm. I mean he can do yeah. the chilite stuff you know and uh, yeah it's and I think they were all they were all on um, if I'm right uh, they're all on a master's program for music and oh, that's really? how they that's how they formed the band yeah. apparently yeah because I think they're all do they're all studying on a master's program it, just, it seems like they've they've been going since the 60s yeah. doesn't it really yeah, it yeah. and it, it, it the music that particular album is so evocative yeah. of feels isn't it it's like um sort of you can just imagine you're in a in a field but you're mm. in san francisco right. and the the sky's like a golden color and yeah. it's warm and there's a breeze blowing and you've got that playing on a little tranny radio at the side of your and your boyfriend's black and <laughs> you know that sort of thing it's just it's it's just even when the lyrics can be a little bit politically sort well, that, of well, that, that particular song is i mean it's it's just a snapshot of of, yeah. of 
of the US. Yeah, but you don't Jack notice, do you? Yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't go, oh, this is a bit political. You go, yeah. oh, yeah, baby, sing it to me. It's one of those girls. <laughs> yeah, it's a great album. You're very lucky to have seen them. I think they're going to be really, well, I think they're going to be really big, or they might have been even bigger if there were still live concerts going on. But yeah, there's always time, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it's a great choice, that. I think they're going to I think they they're back in the states and and trying to work I think there are some some kind of festivals of of such going on but uh, they 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 on the bill for a few of those so whether they actually did play I, I don't know really but um, I'd certainly like to see them back in this country really Yeah so. I, I think you can take me actually Steve Okay well We'll I would, I would quite seriously, really like to go and see them. Podcast now. night out, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. And you can buy me some chips afterwards. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Duran Jones, uh, and we've done it a bit different for this particular one because we're just talking about your choices in this mm. episode. So what we've done is we're going to pick a few more little snippets of songs uh so that it's because i'm not talking about my choices so what did you pick next um well i thought really i'd seen quite a few bands early on and um i thought well what made um so the biggest impression of me is sort of earlier on you know if what if if something really was a sort of game changer. So we're going uh, back to your youth now. We're going so back set, to me youth. Set, <laughs> yeah. the, set the scene for me. How old are you? Uh, in my teens. And, How old though? How I old? Think, are you 13, 14, 15? I think I was 17, 16, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And me and my, uh, and Punk had come along. And. Um, yeah, those were the days, love. Those were the days, yeah. And me and my friend, uh, Paul Percival, uh, uh, we uh, decided we were going to see The Clash. Good uh, choice. And they, <laughs> and they were playing um, the top rank in Birmingham. Right. And uh, So is that so, quite near to where you were living then? It was. Uh, well, oh God, the West, I don't know, you've probably got a similar thing in Wales. West Midlands at that time was very parochial. You know, yeah. if you went two mile out, you know, away from where the estate where you lived, you know, people would think you'd gone to Zimbabwe. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, they still know. do. Yeah. And the idea of going to Birmingham, which was about 10 mile away, you know, mm. oh, look at you, lardy dog. <laughs> yeah, with your Birmingham ways coming here, you know, eating, <laughs> eating, eating food with a knife and fork. Oh, lardy dog, you've been to Birmingham, haven't you? Yeah. You know? uh, it was kind of like, yeah, it was like that, you know. And um, Birmingham at that time, um, you know, you if you were going out, you had to watch your back, mate, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, and the song is this, got is this sort of the time of skinhead? So you go Absolutely. out, there's any, like, yeah, there's a, yeah. a very strong ethnic community in Birmingham, isn't it was, there, as well? It was, yeah, you got um, quite quite a big uh, Afro-Caribbean sort of um, uh, thing uh, in Handsworth. Mm. Um, and and you had got, this was the time of sort of the start of the, the 
near start of Thatcherism. So yeah. you'd also got, you know, your National Front marches quite a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of sort of right wing uh, sort of groups running around. It was kind of the highlight of football violence as well. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you were going if you were going out for the night in 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 Birmingham, you know, you needed to go, you know, with a few people really, mm. or, you know, you've got to watch your back. And uh, just the two of us went to this concert and uh, and the lineup was, um, I think it cost us, cost us about £1.50 and the lineup was, <laughs> oh, the specials opened it. Wow, yeah. really? Uh, and then you got Spizz Oil, <coughs> this guy who used to just play a guitar on his own. Yeah. And then you had Suicide, the American outfit. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then The Clash. So and yeah. Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols came on for the encore. So I mean, you had a <laughs> you had a night out, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you can't remember it, what year it was. I, I I think it was probably seventy nine. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, but I remember there was a sort of hardcore of um, the top rank. You, the stage was downstairs, but there's kind of a balcony at the top. Mm. And uh, I remember being on the dance floor downstairs and looking up, and all you could see was hobnail boots hanging, <laughs> hanging over yeah, the balcony yeah, like, with yeah. all these skinheads on the start, on the top. And uh, but it was it was uh, it was just one of those concerts, and and I can still see the clash on stage. Mm. now you know and they were absolutely amazing and the i think the people i'd seen before they were they were they were older people i the first concert i ever saw was t-rex believe it or not that is so cool is it wow all i can can remember was i was allowed to we were standing on the seats and (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't remember much about about it, and I wasn't really, really, to be honest, quite that. It was, I was too young to appreciate what I'd Did seen. Did you go you with know. your mum? Uh, no, I was with some friends um, who were, we were taken by one of our friends' mums. <laughs> that is welcome. Yeah, and um, and it was a matinee performance, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, yeah, a matinee performance. Did you feel a bit confused by Mark Boland? Did you sort of look at him as a little boy and think, she's pretty? Well, I just, <laughs> yeah, and they've, got a, they've got a lot of glitter on their hair, oh, you know. know. What's, what's going on here, you know? Um, so I'd seen I'd seen that, and like people, I mean, but a Boland, Bowie, uh, Elton John, Rod Stewart, and all those, they were. They really were hangovers from the 60s, really, yeah, who, yeah, who never yeah. really made it in the 60s but, but came through in the 70s. Yeah. So there wasn't really anybody from my own generation until kind of punk allowed punk, yeah. sort of people yeah. to, to get into music because other than that, there was a lot of people like Yes or Genesis or stuff like that, <laughs> you know, which... which uh, we and, know uh, you're a secret Genesis fan, and, and I wasn't black, so you know. I mean, that ruled me <laughs> yeah. out again. You know, you know, um, identifying with soul bands, but um, yeah, when the Clash came along, I thought, yeah, this is this is a game changer. And even I think I got I got interested in politics through the the, mm. the jam, the Clash. I mean, they were very formative, you know. Absolutely, uh, the stuff yeah. they used to sing about was. I I can well this is before the internet. 
And I really liked them and had no idea what the hell they were talking no. about, which sort yeah. of made you think, well, you know, because my dad was very political. Yeah. So I had the gist of it. But, um, yeah, they really, because, you know, again, you, I come from a small Welsh village. The, the only lad that was black that lived here was Barry Powell, who was adopted. And we didn't notice he was black. <laughs> We just if somebody said and Barry's black, we'd be like, uh, "Hey, he's what <laughs> black? What we you know?" Yeah. So we were, uh, but the Clash were, um, yeah, they were one of the first bands that I sort of noticed when I was younger as well as my own generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I even lost, I lost friends, you know, over it, you know, because you know, suddenly I was saying, you know, they their outlook on life was very right wing and I, and I and and it boiled down to the race question and by that stage sort of going to sort of concerts like seeing the clash and yeah. and get it and who play i mean there was quite a lot of reggae played and 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 i suddenly thought you know we're never going to agree so and mm. really you know i'm wasting my time with you with you yeah. and uh, um i'm not even, a big fan of reggae and the Clash are very reggae-fied, aren't they? Well, yeah, and in fact, this uh, this 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 song we're about to talk of is is kind of an example of it, really. <laughs> Should we have a little listen? Right, yeah. Um, this is uh, this is the Clash, and uh, this is uh, White Man in Hammersmith Palais. when you told me we were going to listen to this song that you actually went to the Hammersmith Palais. <laughs> I've been to the Hammersmith Palais. So, um, Hammersmith I? Palais yeah, I think I've no, been longer, no longer exists, unfortunately. It was knocked yeah. down. Um, but, um, yeah, um, I think the reason I picked this is um, similar to the Duran Jones uh, track. It's a snapshot of, of the UK at that particular time. Mm -hmm. um, and... There's, there's kind of, you know, there's references to, you know, the, uh, you know, um, the rise of the um, uh, the BNP and uh, yeah. sort of National Front and uh, the, where he says, you know, if, I, if Adolf Hitler flew in today, they'd send a limousine anyway. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, 
and um, there's a there's a re- obviously there's a reggae influence in this in the song as well. Mm. Um, you can you can you can hear it, and I mean he's, he, he name checks so you know Dillinger and Delroy Wilson and, and Ken Booth. Uh, it, it's really I think Joe Strum and a few people have gone to the Hammersmith Palais to a, to a reggae night. Yeah. And they were expecting sort of, you know, hardcore sort of dub and, and a big sound system where they did play, but it was very poppy. And yeah, uh, yeah. they it was they, they wasn't satisfied with it. And they said they sounded a bit like the full tops or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that got into the song. But it's quite curious, really, because um, Joe Strummer was really he was a rock and roll guy. Until he got into the Clash, it was really Paul Simon and the bass guitarist. He was the reggae guy. And he was none the of one the... I always fancied out of. Well, he was the good look. He was the looker, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was a big blonde. They're an yeah. interesting band, though, as well, because all the members have really uh, interesting backstories, especially yeah. Joe Strummer, who yeah. who amazingly went to a private boarding school. I believe Joseph Melly, yeah, his dad was yeah. a diplomat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which I can remember be feeling quite shocked and a little bit betra- class betra- betrayed yeah. by him. But it's I, th- you know, you get over it when you find out that most musicians in the I'm past say, yeah. and all are poshies, aren't they? Well, they've got the daddies, mummies and daddies to finance them a lot Absolutely. of the time. Yeah, because yeah, they wouldn't uh, be where they were otherwise because you yeah. just don't make any money unless you make it really big. Yeah, uh, but um, Paul's dad was an artist. Yeah, um, yeah. Mick Jones is, uh, I think he lived with his gran uh, in a tower block <laughs> and his mum lived in the States. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I don't know, t- oh, because they had, uh, well, it was Topper Heaton was the drummer when um, when I was sort of in there. But yeah. they had Terry Chimes before that. Um, but, um, yeah, they were a cute, I think. And Topper Heaton, he, he drummed with, uh, for, for soul groups and all kinds. Mm-hmm. He, he'd gone on uh, quite a lot of tours with uh, with Motown artists, I believe. Anyway, he did so... a lot of session work as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they uh, they weren't together that long. Were they together like ten years and then they split up? Mm-hmm. The Clash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And regretted they... it ever since. I think. Well, yeah. Didn't they try? Didn't Joe Strummer try to get them back together again? And he, um, Mick had already made big. Big Audio Dynamite. Oh, my God. Big Audio Dynamite. Big Audio Dynamite. Yeah, I I liked Big Audio Dynamite. Oh, did you? Okay. I I have to admit, I don't really know them apart from that. Uh, Was it M equals? M equals MC MC squared. squared. Yeah. 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 E equals MC squared. Yeah. 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 Right. So so we're going to leave Teenage Steve now. And where in time are we going now, Steve? Oh, we're going several years on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Have you taken your bondage trousers off for the next? I I had bondage trousers. I I can imagine. Leather bondage trousers. Leather ones? I say that's rather posh. My dad gave me quite a lot lot of money for my 18th birthday. And what did I buy? Oh, so did you wear these trousers when you went to see the Clash? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, you must have been very well dressed. 
Yeah, yeah, you can. You tried running away from big skinheads in a pair of bondage trousers, mate. Yeah. Do you remember what kind of t-shirt you had on? Was it had uh, safety pins in it? No, and... it was an actual class t-shirt. It was um, uh, a cover from I think it was the White Riot one, and it got some police and uh, a leather jacket. And, so, what's uh, your favourite Clash album? First album. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, every, I, I think London Calling gets all the plaudits. I still yeah. think that's heavy. I think I still think that's got yeah, that could have been slimmed down to to one album. So could Sandinista. And if Sandinista had come out, yeah, they got rid of a lot of the filler on that. That could have been an amazing album. But first album, it just hit you and kicked you in the head, you know. And when they finished with Police and Thieves, that sort of you know white reggae uh, thing, I. I song I, I was i was bowled over from it mm. and actually um if you are in america and got the first clash album uh white man in hammersmith palais is on that oh uh, uh because they 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 kind of wanted they were going to put it on give them enough rope and it just it never made it and so they put it on the on the first uh, the u.s uh, uh version of the first album so you probably oh. It's been so long since I've heard a Clash album, I couldn't even pick one. I, I very rarely listen to any punk stuff now, and mm. it, I, it's quite unlistenable, most of it is. I think, curiously enough, um, the the CBGB set, you know, that was linked in with that, so, you know, the Ramones, Blondie, the Talking Heads and yeah. television, I still listen to that. I still think that's really, the the first television album. Still sounds like it was recorded yesterday, but you know, but some of the um, uh, the the UK punk acts. No, I, I haven't listened to it in ages, and mm. I rarely for rarely get the need to sort of pull them out now. So, uh, no. well, I I have had rows with people so many times because I who absolutely love the Sex Pistols. And I always thought they were shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I know that they like you know, just on a pedestal and changed music and blood. It was all Malcolm McLaren. I just thought they I were. Think, I think they had three good singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and and it went down all and about in both the Clash and. And the Sex Pistols had managers who, who really were fiddling around a lot yeah. with the band. And, Don't uh, all man managers, though. Uh, well, so yeah, are we going yeah. through the mists of time now to which, yes, which and, era? Yes, I have, I have swapped, um, I have swapped uh, bondage trousers and a leather jacket for uh, a gabardine uh, two-piece two <laughs> suit, uh, a hand, hand-painted tie. Oh. Uh, a turned bull and ass shirt and uh, and uh, a nice pair of sh- a nice pair of loafers. I thought you were going to um, say some Chanel loafers. Then I was going for <laughs> Chanel. I'm yeah, And uh, I am hitting the dance floor. <laughs> okay. I I had a, an epiphany. Um, do you remember Crass, the band Crass? I do. Yeah. Um, I'd gone to see Crass at a free festival, and it was um, I think it was Stonehenge. And I'd had to hitch it back, and I got into Wolverhampton um, to get. I think it was kind of a Sunday morning. No, it's yeah, it was a Sunday morning, and I was waiting because buses didn't start till about yeah. ten o'clock, and I was trying to get. And I, and I got no money. Right. And um, I uh, 
I remember I saw this girl coming along and I thought, hey, I work with her. <laughs> or you turned out I used to work with her. She'd left. And uh, I said, okay, when I said, excuse me, uh, Julie, um, you haven't got like 50 pence I can buy her. <laughs> and she she gave me like a quid, I think, and thought I was a tramp. And oh. because I've been sitting around a fire all night, you know, stinking and just yeah. sort of, yeah, ganjering. And um, I got home and uh, my mum said, I, and my mum said, where are you going? I said, to bed. And she said, uh, <laughs> to bed, mum. Shut up, mum. Not in those clothes, you're not. <laughs> Take them off. And I had to go and strip off in the guard, back guard <laughs> before I could be, go upstairs. Right, okay. out the bath. <laughs> I go to bed. And I said, I thought, and my mum said, you know, You've got to you've got to think of what you're doing. And um, I borrowed um, I borrowed a hundred quid off a, a workmate, and uh, I was going to buy um, a car for hundred quid. Right? And, yeah, God, um, that's going back. Yeah. And um, I remember I didn't, and um, I went the following weekend and got a haircut and uh, and bought some. I bought a suit. And you know, I yeah, went to a nightclub. Yeah, that sounds like you. <laughs> yeah, I went to a nightclub. You know, um, pulled, you know, and it's somebody who you know wasn't going to give me something. You know? And I thought this is a lot better. <laughs> right. And, and, and that was that was the that was the kind of end of the punk phase, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can't and, believe uh, the crass played by by Stonehenge. I'm a bit upset about that. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I oh, I remember those. There was always Misty and Roots, um, always Hawkwind, you know. Well, yeah, bands, Hawkwind, these, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah, all these bands that play for nothing, you know. And, uh, you know, all these so-called, you know, the jolly travelling set who sell you a can of, you know, tenants extra or whatever it was, about nine quid so they could make a profit on it, you know. <laughs> yes, so... Uh, um, it was bye bye punk. Bye bye punk. Yeah. And on to. Oh, I was kind of I I was really got went back to being a cell boy. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I was in um I was in a club in um Soho as it turns out and uh, I heard this track we're going to talk about and um I was got, I got brave enough to actually go and ask the uh, the DJ uh, what this um what this was and uh do you want me to introduce it yeah yeah please do uh this is 17th street by gil scott heron the song says brothers from 17th street love to get down and if you do come on and join us dr dan broad rhythm to the hub man hand drum rhythm Timbali band got stick for the 180 beat 360 degrees. Gonna add a few more ingredients. Gonna get a little bass, little flute, drums, and if we can get you, we got everybody. The chance to warm up my cha cha here. Song. 
with Gil Scott Heron because he was a favourite again along with Bob Dylan of my ex-husband uh, and it was The Bottle was the first song that I yeah, heard yeah, of his yeah. um, I think I seem to remember I I saw a documentary about him I uh, can't remember who made the documentary but it seemed to feature his drug habit very yes. heavily yeah, it was. I think it was. Uh, it was a BBC. I think it was the BBC. Um, was it another uh, musician who made it? I, think, I can't remember to be honest. Yeah, I have seen it. Um, yeah, I think that was his. Uh, his his two thousands wasn't particularly good for him. Well, he died. Let's face it. So, um, but he, he spent a few. Uh, he spent quite a bit of time in prison. I'm afraid. Yeah. But it's been always been referenced within his songs, you know. But um, you know, um... well, just out of interest, it was a BBC Four documentary, and it was called "The Revolution Will Not Be, will televised. Not be televised," which is, uh, a, and it was a on in tw- twenty eleven. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and it was Lem Sissy who made it. Was it? I'm just I'm just online having a quick look because I can I can vaguely remember. I thought that it was uh, it was a musician that made it. I can't see. Lem Sissy wrote about him anyway. Mm. Who's um, a, a lovely poet. Ah, carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I like the Seventeenth Street is an uncharacteristic Gil Scott Heron. It's kind of just a funky song, really, about you know getting getting your instruments, getting out and playing in the street, really. You know, it's it's a mile away from sort of the bottle or the revolution will not be televised or winter in America. You know, uh, it's uh, it's one of his sort of least political uh, mm. songs. But, so when uh, did I, when did you see Gil Scott Heron and I saw him again in Soho. Funny enough, I saw him at um, I saw him at Ronnie Scott's. And that was the eighties. And right. uh, did you already? Were you already a fan? I was a fan by then. Yeah, I got yeah. the uh, the Gill and um, Brian Jackson albums, and uh, this this particular song is from the uh, it's on the It's Your World album, which is so a curious curious thing. In, in it's kind of a studio and a live album. So some some tracks were recorded live, as Seventeenth Street was, and um, it was. Um, a double album and uh, oh, right. you had uh, four sides and it kind of, it was kind of take you through a night really. Um, yeah. You had uh, this first side, which was sort of before sundown. And uh, then the second side, I think was nightfall where this 17th street comes on. And then you've got a, a, a late evening one. Um, and then you've got the midnight and the morning one, and the bottle comes on at, at uh, in the morning. And, yeah, oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and have you ever come across his song, Home, Home is Where the Hatred Is? Uh, no, I've, I've only I've, ever heard, um, like, the hits of yeah, Gil Scott Heron. I, I, I checked that out. Oh, there's a, another version by a woman, and I can't remember her name. I'll, I'll have to try to Google it or something at some mm. stage, but... 
Um, how many were the hatred? And that day is about like a junkie sort of walking home, you know, and uh, and it's it's totally from the, the addict's perspective, really, uh, yeah. where he sort of spins it on the head. Um, and, well, he's uh, another he's another interesting character as well, oh, isn't he? Is, he had a life. Know, gift. Yeah, well, starting off with, I I read that his dad was a footballer who used I to for play Celtic. for Celtic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those quiz question answers. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Uh, which, uh, which amazed me because I I I don't actually know where he's from, but you sort of assume somebody like Gil Scott Herons from. Uh, like you know the Bronx in New York, or you know that he's come from you know the project somewhere, and that's he's, how his mum was from. His mum was an opera singer. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think he was Chicago. Um, but he was he was raised by his grand grandmother because hmm. uh, his dad obviously went off footballing as you did to Scotland, uh, and his <laughs> his mum's his mum's a singing. So he was he was actually raised by his grandmother. Hmm. I've, got a couple of gills books actually and he talks about his his his, his grandmother in there and uh, um yeah um so and he went to um he got a scholarship to quite a prodigious uh school um kind of for I, kind music of, no um he was he's a clever bunny and mm. uh he i think it was it was kind of like Almost getting into a Harrow or Eton or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I remember I read an article and and he's being quizzed at this this interview and uh, uh, for this prodigious school and the, the guy said, uh, you know, well, you know, quite a lot of the people who go here have got chauffeurs and and how do you feel about, you know, going to a school where people are picked up by by uh, by people in chauffeurs, and he says, "Well, I'll walk home." He says, "Well, how do you feel? You know, you haven't got a chauffeur, you know." <laughs> and he's he got this, you know, you could tell, you know, he got that spike even from yeah, then, you know. Yeah. And a lot of his, I mean, he, because of his 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 albums are sort of mixed of sort of poetry, spoken word, mm. you know, and 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 musical stuff. Um, uh, yeah, and it, it, there was a kind of real. I mean, there's a political. Thing, running through all of it but yeah. when he when he wanted to get funky Gil could get funky man yeah absolutely i one thing that always surprises me about Gil scott heron is that he's not a bigger hero in america than he is mm, because yeah. he's um i think if he if he was british he'd be right up there yeah know, being a black man who just really stuck up for black people and you know sort of civil rights and human rights as well and didn't pull any punches and was a junkie who admitted he was and had yeah. a problem and went to prison several times. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he was a crackhead as well, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. But just like I, totally. And uh, I think I, they, somebody said he, he was actually HIV positive as yes. well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. wasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, he's the epitome of a, of a genius who sort of well he was very famous wasn't he but i think he could have been even more famous mm -hmm. who who's a flawed hero again yeah. isn't he like yeah, tr tragic man. yeah yeah and yeah. his last he's kind of curiously enough i bought his his, his last album has been made remade twice <laughs> um 
Wow. His last album, uh, uh, I'm New Here, uh, was, uh, I think that was when, 2010. And then Jamie XX remade it um, and called it We're New Here. And there's another version which I've got, which I just bought the other week. Actually, it's called Nothing Nothing New Here. So there's there's three versions of his last album, Rowan well, Red. Actually, they're all good. I yeah. mean, are they know, any I mean, different? Yeah, yeah. Um, and th- there's a lot of short short stuff in there as well. Um, but it's 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 worth the worth worth a good listen to. Is it a yeah. bit like Eva Cassidy, where she died and then she became famous and the record company just kept pumping out the same album and calling it something different, <laughs> that sort yeah. of thing? I don't think, I don't think Gilla got quite the, uh, sort of, you know, the Radio 2... Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, the that's Radio true. Radio 2 listenership, yeah, I can't oh. see, you know, I can't uh, see, see him holding on to that, but uh, never mind. So I think we're going from from a troubled genius to probably one of the most contented men in music with your uh, next choice, aren't we? Bill, yes, yeah. Um, I, this is just a, a, I was thinking about live albums themselves, really. So, and, the, so this is a live album that you've chosen? Is yeah, this somebody this that is, you've seen perform live? I haven't, I haven't sadly. Oh, Okay. Um, um, I just love this. I just love this album, and I had a sort of an internal battle. What was my favourite live album? You know, yeah. um, uh, I think there's there's so many um, good, really good live albums. But um, Peter Frampton comes alive is one of your favourites. <laughs> Peter Frampton, oh yeah, yeah. Did you oh. ever own that? Everybody owned Everybody ha- I didn't, though. <laughs> it was ubiquitous, you know. I, I'm sure I did, or I'm sure I got a tape of it. But uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he was due to... Re- because I think he's got... He's not very well, either. No, he's not, he, is he? That's, I, I think yeah. he's, he was touring it one last time, as they say. And mm. I thought, of course, he's not doing it anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah... Um, I uh, I was thinking. Oh, did you have ever have Doctor Feel Good Stupidity? No. I loved that album. No. That, that no. was a cracking live album. Um, I'm trying to think what live album. I mean, I've... Van Morrison's. It's too. It's too late to stop now. Um, oh, but we wish you would, Van. Oh dear. Oh, no. <laughs> no. 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 You've got to oh, be on that, on oh. that Van. <laughs> I like Van Morrison. God, he's miserable though, isn't he? I tell you, this is this is the thing. I'll, I'll give you two things about Van Morrison that I know, and but told by two different friends of mine. First, my mate is on a holiday in Greece, right? Yeah. And he comes back and he says, "You never guess what I saw in Greece." And I, yeah, it's somebody from down the road, and he, no, <laughs> he said, "That bloke you like," and I said, "You narrow it down a little bit here." Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, Bob Dylan." And I said, you saw Bob Dylan in Greece? <laughs> yep. He said, me and the missus, he said, we're out, we were out ill walking outside Athens. He says, he says, and there was this bloody camera crew. And he said, so we went, of course, we had to go and have a nose, didn't we? <laughs> he says, with the bloody British, he says as well. He says, so he said, there was two blokes playing the guitar. And he said, and I said, oh, yeah. And I said, well, one of them was Bob Dylan. And he said, <laughs> Yeah, he says, he says, and the other bugger was Van Morrison. No, yeah, fancy and, that. And there was a, 
I think it was a BBC documentary, and it, lo and behold, there they are. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, playing uh, on the hills overlooking Athens. Cool. Um, I actually saw they played a festival in London and uh, me and my wife went to see uh, Dylan and Van Morris on the same stage. But yeah, he saw him. And I said, well, did you stop and listen? No, I buggered off. <laughs> I <laughs> want you to drink. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, the other, the other thing, um, uh, a friend of mine said that uh, she lives in, in Belfast. And when the, the troubles were kind of finishing, mm. And uh, they had a sort of a big concert um, on Cypress Avenue um, where uh, Van Morrison wrote quite a famous song called Cypress Avenue. Yeah. And uh, it was topping the bill, Van Morrison. Mm. And which song doesn't he sing? Cypress, Cypress Avenue. Avenue. Yeah. yeah, no, I ain't singing that. Bugger you. You know, he is. He's infamous he is, for being miserable, though, isn't he? Yeah, but he's kind of one of those. He was, he was kind of like um, Nina Simone, you know. You 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 know if if the good Van Morrison turns up on stage, you're going to have one of your best nights, you know. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but there's other nights. I think one night he, he decided he was going to sing from a chair, and one, <laughs> the, and one of somebody in the audience after the second song said, "Well, yeah, you're going to move around a bit." And he, he just got off and walked off stage and went home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Give me somebody right. like that every day. Give me. Oh a, dear. I, yeah, I don't want to see if somebody is going through the motions. You know. Anyway. Anyway, I don't think this this person that you're gonna you're gonna talk about was uh, who who's sung some of the most iconic songs that I guarantee the listeners would have heard of, mm-hmm. and that's Bill Withers, who sadly died a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, this this refocused it. I've been I've been listening to uh, his his albums. Uh, pretty much ever since to be honest so uh, yeah shall i introduce it yes um this is uh bill with us from the uh live at carnegie hall album and uh, this is uh, grandma's hands a lot of folks of all different nationalities and things come up to me and say i dug my grandmother too And I remember the first responsibility I ever had was to take care of my grandmother, make sure she got everywhere okay. And at that time, I was maybe five or six years old. And the most I could have done was let her fall on me if she decided to fall. But it was a hip job because grandma never went nowhere but to church. And it wasn't one of them sad churches where they sing them songs that make you wish you could just hurry up and die and get it over with. One of them kind of let me out. No, man, no. Grandma and them had one of them churches where they sung. If you wanna have me, Jesus, it's alright. If you wanna have me, Jesus, it's alright. And at the funeral, they used to have to tie the caskets down. Yeah. Yeah. And they had them fat sisters in there, used to get so glad in in the rhythm. Had a little stove in the center of the church for heat, and invariably one of them fat sisters would feel so good she would jump into the stove and holler, ow, right in the rhythm. Grandma was like 
Bobby over here, Bobby Hall, she had a tambourine and a triangle. When I saw Bobby with that tambourine and triangle, I couldn't help but hug her. But Grandma couldn't play the triangle good like Bobby can, but she could deal with the tambourine. So I used to sit on the triangle and hand her the tambourine. And the Honorable Reverend back there had an old bass drum that somebody gave him. And when the groove got right and the fat sister hit the stove and hollered and Grandma shook the tambourine off the hip, the Reverend would get the feeling so good he just hit himself all upside the head with the drumstick. Yeah. I love that old lady. Love that old lady. Grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning. Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well. Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning. She'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast. Might fall on a piece of glass. Might be snakes there in that grass. Grandma's hands. Grandma's hands soothe the local unwed mother. Grandma's hands used to ache sometimes and swell. Grandma's hands used to lift her face and tell her she'd say, Baby, Grandma understands that you really love that man. Put yourself in Jesus' hands. Grandma's hands. Grandma's hands used to hand me a piece of candy. Grandma's hands picked me up each time I fell. Grandma's hands, boy, they really came in a handy sheet. See, Matty, don't you whip that boy. What you wanna spank him for? He didn't drop no apple core, but I don't have grandma anymore. If I get to heaven, I'll look for grandma's hand. You're allowed to speak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you too busy crying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I love I love this live track because I like the the opening and uh, the opening sort of dialogue when he's talking about this church that his grandmother used to go and um, the sister the sisters are burning their asses on the on the on the heater <laughs> and uh, and the and the reverend smacking his head with a drumstick you know yeah. and uh, I'm not religious at all but man I go into that church every day of the week you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, and what makes it really special is that it's totally evocative of of a real memory, isn't it? It's yeah, uh, yeah it yeah. really happened to him. 
That's right, yeah. But and, he's uh, he's another person who's had a really interesting life. Do do you want to talk about uh about yeah, a bit about yeah, Bill? Funny enough, he's he's got a, a couple of connections to to Gil actually. Um, yeah. Bill met his wife at a Gil Scott Heron concert. Well, fancy that. <laughs> and uh, he, um, I think uh, Gil Scott Heron, uh, he's, he's he covered Grandma's hands on uh, on his Reflection album. Mm-hmm. So I think they. They they'd obviously met at some stage, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, he 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 was a curious egg, really. Um, yeah, he, I he, I didn't know anything the, about him. Yeah, he was in the navy for he, he was born. He had a stutter, mm. um, so he had quite a bad stutter for for a, a large portion of his his life. And then he he got into the navy. I think he was about seventeen, and then come out of the navy and then he got a job making um seats for air aircraft and isn't, isn't the cover of one of his albums him going to work because he yeah. wouldn't give his job up it's right yeah and he financed the he financed the uh the album by um you know by working you know yeah. and he he didn't start his music career till he was 29 and yeah, it's um, quite late isn't it and but he only made uh, really. I think I think he's only made about eight albums and quit. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. and just said, well, um, you know, I'm not interested. The music business is not my life. You know, completely. I can do other things, and uh, and was ready to walk away, really. Mm. But when when you've you know you've written a few songs that are going to be um, uh, when you've written ain't, ain't no sunshine, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can you can do that, can't you? And, yeah, you, and then yeah. you follow it up with "Lean on Me," you know, yeah. um, more or less, you know, <laughs> you know, um, you you can turn your back really on mm. uh, on uh, on the on the music industry. But I don't think I think he was still, I think he's still messing about studio work. But um, well, he uh, he stopped, didn't he? Because he was so pissed off with the way that record companies were treating him yeah, that they that's right. didn't somebody um he was owed an awful lot of money and when he said you know you owe me this money they said yeah and what are you going to do about it you're a black man and yeah, he, yeah. he was literally there was nothing he could do because he signed it away and yeah because i i yeah. think he, he originally signed with uh clarence avant um who's uh, if you've got netflix people um mm. google the black godfather uh, right. Really good documentary. Um, uh, Clan Savon is uh, a, a really big um, music manager. Uh, he's he's got you know so many prodigious artists, and uh, it was made by his daughter. It's really good documentary, yeah. and Bill's in that. Right. And there's another one you can get on YouTube, which is called Still Bill. And mm. uh, I think that oh, was that's quite BBC. famous. Isn't yeah, it? that's the D, the BBC documentary. Um, yeah, but I think um, Bill left uh, Clarence uh, sometime during his career. I think he might have regretted it ever since. And uh, mm. yeah, he, uh, he, 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 I think he got a bit. He, I think he, he said, uh, he said, look, you know, um, you, you're spending more time promoting a Mr. T album than you are <laughs> my own stuff. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, when it comes to that, you know, but, I didn't know uh, Mr. T had brought an album out, but well, it doesn't God. surprise me. I now want the Mr. T album. <laughs> oh, God. But I, I wondered what he did. Who buys this? Yeah, well, well, when he finished, I thought he'd, he'd sort of finished the, a couple of articles that I read 
sort of alluded to the fact that maybe he went off to do something else, like became a tax inspector or, or like, I don't know, a mechanic or something. And I was looking for what did he do when he finished? Well, of course, he didn't do anything because he was a multimillionaire. He just literally enjoyed life. Yeah, um, he, I think he worked for a, a charity for, for, for people with... Um, who got stutters? Um, and, oh, I didn't know that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think he, he. I know he he'd wrote for uh, Aretha Franklin as well. Yeah. And, uh, what but, a songwriter, uh, though. Those songs are just. Uh, oh man, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. aren't they? Just beautiful songs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the 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 Carnegie Hall. It's just that stagecraft. I think some people um, some people have naturally got stagecraft, and other people, you know. You can't get a bloody word. Bob Dylan, <laughs> cats well, in point. You know, I've never seen Bob any, Dylan. He hasn't got any stagecraft. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a few, you know, will mumble, uh, you know. And, uh, yeah, but uh, some people you, you can keep you really enthralled. I mean, Tom Waits is is another one, you know. Sometimes his introductions to songs are just as good as the songs. <laughs> You're yeah. very true. Well, yeah. because you picked the word live for this particular show, if you've got to pick straight off the top of your head, yeah. without thinking about it, top three gigs you've ever been to? Prince, uh, Wembley Arena. Um, what year? Or, oh, God, that was the... Uh, again, that was the 80s. Okay. That was when they played... Next, in the next, don't even think. Town. Next one. Number uh, two. R.E.M. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Power M's in Birmingham. What year? Again, again, eighties. I think. Oh my God, you're living in the eighties. Okay, number one, number one gig. Oh God. Um, Don't think. Quick, 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 quick. Marvin Gaye. <gasps> You've seen Marvin Gaye, yes. you jammy bastard. I know. Yeah, yeah. That was the eighties as well. Yeah, his last, his last hurrah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it'll all change tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I thought about 20 more, really. But, uh, yeah, the Prince, I think the best performer I've ever seen live is Prince. I I mean, he's he's just incredible. Um, I mean, an incredible musician and an incredible performer, really. Absolutely. That was the gig where he he was wheeled on stage. You know those (laughs) um, things you get in the posh hotels where they they, they put you suitcase yeah. he sort of wheeled on stage in oh, one of those as you do and and we went with this real prince nutter um yeah. who was you said well, yeah yeah um i can get you tickets but you'll have to dress in a certain color yeah because prince used to say that you know i'd like it if the audience wore peach and black tonight you know oh. and uh, and and we saw this uh, we saw him play and this guy when the lights go on this guy says stay and i said yeah but the lights have got it yeah he'll be back you know <laughs> half the audience have gone you know and yeah he'll be back and then the lights went out mm. prince come rolling back on the stage i've, and, I've heard of that yeah, a few times yeah about another 40 minutes wow. and it would and what what song we wanted to hear it he didn't play in the first set he played in the second set. Yeah, and he was absolutely amazing. Well, I always feel fortunate that I've I've seen some amazing people play live, and Prince yeah. is way up there for me as well. Actually, I saw him um, in the O2 when he did. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tw- twenty 
121, was it? Because I, oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, and I took Wesley. We went to London to the O2 and we stayed the night and me and Wesley saw him and Dave as well, of course. And uh, it was just, because Dave isn't, it, he just really likes rock. And I've made him go to some terrible you concerts. You took him to George Michael and Prince. I Yay. have, yeah, but, you know. Uh, educate, I, man. Educate absolutely. Man. I think yeah. the worst one was when we saw uh, Tom Waits in Edinburgh. Now I, Tom Waits is Marmite, isn't he? You either love him oh, yeah, and I worship agree. him yeah. or yeah. you think, what the fuck am I listening to? And Dave was always of the mind of, what, what the, the fuck, fuck am I listening to? Yeah. And he and we stood there and I was so excited because it, Tom Waits is one of those people that you think that you will never see perform live. And we went all the way to Edinburgh yeah. to see him. And Dave was absolutely enraptured by him. Yeah, yeah. He was. I saw him, yeah. I saw him at the Hammersmith Odeon when he was doing the big time film. Yeah, yeah. That was where it was shot. The audio, a lot of it was shot on that, on that, uh, on that night. And uh, again, you're uh, just a one-off, isn't he? You Absolutely. Know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But then I shall talk about. Yeah, I'm going to say I shall more live bands next time. Yeah. Because my choices will be a lot different from yours. <laughs> <laughs> I might even have some groupy stories to tell you. <laughs> oh, good. I... <laughs> Backstage shenanigans. Backstage shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> Believe me, the, some of the things that I know about some of the big rock stars would be I would probably be shot in the head if I told anybody. <laughs> I'd never wake up again. <laughs> oh. So, Steve, before uh, before I wrap this particular show up, is there anything you would like to share with your audience? Um, yeah. Um, if uh, if you've not been doing it, um, check out um, uh, Tim Burgess from the Charlatans. He's having a a, a lot of um, play-alongs where you'll he'll play, select an album um, and you'll listen to it, and he'll he'll drag people out of. Uh, out of the bands and uh, it's sort of listening parties. Um, they've done, oh. they've done a couple of style council ones so far. <gasps> really, I've missed that. Yeah, Paul Weller in there, but he's got a list of the the parties that he's he's been going to. Um, there are quite a lot of sort of there are quite a lot of bands who are still trying to make a living, you know, by mm. doing sort of remote remote concerts. But uh, yeah, have have a have a dive, see what you can find. But uh, but yeah, check out uh, Tim Burgess. Really worth. Uh, he's uh, he's a good guy. I I only know really the Charlatans. I I've, I've never really pursued it that much, but uh, I shall do because he's he's a decent guy and he's uh, he's he's. He's done some interesting stuff. I couldn't tell you a Charlton song if it did a poo on my head. Okay, Judge Tina, it's the only one. It's the only oh, one. Oh, you know. is that? Is it that? Okay. So, so similarly to you, I would say if you have a, if you're a fan of Crowded House or Neil Finn, yeah, Neil Finn you. has also been playing um, little live songs. Um, what did he? He played. Um, Oh, God, I can't remember. It was a crowded house song anyway. It was so beautiful. I was crying. I was crying. And it seems that Liam is part of crowded house now, his son. Okay, he's yeah. The, he's playing guitar with them. Uh, yeah, so it was... Uh, I love Neil. 
I'm not a fan of when they bring the start bringing the kids up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I do, I actually like Liam by himself. I've got Liam's yeah, first album. Terrible. I think he, I really I like him. And and do it on do do your own stuff. Don't go into the family yeah. business. Oh, well, sorry. Well, no, he's okay actually because he sings with his dad, and of course their voices are pitch perfect together. So yeah. don't you don't you ever go at my Liam, <laughs> my little Liam and Neely. Oh, uh, I love Neil. Yeah. Yes, it'll be the it'll, they'll they'll, re, they'll rebrand themselves as the Finn family next year. Oh God, do you think Tim would come back? Can you imagine uh, that? <gasps> I was going to tighten tie him away. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. I do. Well, I shall wrap this up now. Uh, thank you for listening. And the next episode that we'll be bringing out will be just me talking. It's going to be all about just you. me. It's going to be all about me. So that'll be hard work. <laughs> you can follow us in all the usual places on Twitter at 60 Minutes With. And please remember that the 60 is numerical. We haven't got a Facebook page because it's shit. <laughs> we have yep. Instagram as well at 60 Minutes With. Uh, please check out our website. Please follow us on Twitter because we always have amazing, amazing competitions. I'm amazed at the, the amount of stuff you've got to give away there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, I, Dave has said this before that um, we're currently giving away the full box set of Knight Rider all the series it's it's worth over a hundred pounds I, i'm sure yeah. it is yeah um the next big giveaway because we've got single uh, dvds and blu-rays that we're giving away as well the next one is i don't think i'm allowed to say but this is a massive box set of a hugely popular tv show that was out sort of in the late 80s early 90s um it's quantum leap Dave might cut that and that's <laughs> worth over £100 and people literally can't be arsed retweeting something yeah. it's uh, it's ridiculous um, I should also member, men, member? <laughs> mention the show's other shows under the podcast sponsors uh, we've got Dean of the Dead who makes hot sauces who I've met several times and he's just such a lovely guy and his hot sauces are so hot I can't eat them so I can't tell you how fantastic they are. I am intrigued by this sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and we also are uh, have a sponsor who, who um, how can I put this nicely i i actually can't comment on what they make because it's all to do with men's genitals and it's uh below the belt grooming all the details are on the website um we're constantly giving prizes away from below the belt from dean is going to give prizes away with his hot sauce we're always giving dvds blu-rays away we're just like a a fun factory really I think, do you know, Steve, I think we need a sponsor, don't you? Yes. Who could we get to sponsor us? It would have to be something music related, wouldn't it? Mm. You'll have to have a word with um, Paul Weller next time you see him. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 next, time, <laughs> next time we uh, we're down the pub. Oh, next he's give yeah. up, haven't he? Yeah. Has right, he? Yeah. Because yeah, when we have a cappuccino. Yeah. A cappuccino. Yes, he'd like that. <laughs> In Bar Italia. Yeah. <laughs> So until the next time, it's a goodbye from me. It's au revoir from me. Oh, you always have to be posh, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.
and welcome to who knows what episode this will be because they're just producing so many none of them are in order anymore so let's just say 2020-1980 episode of sound checks uh theme tunes <laughs> that was completely wrong wasn't it <laughs> so that again theme yeah. songs Shut up, Tina. Oh, right. blood of God's sake. Right, hang on. Eight minutes. I've got to, I'll have to tell Dave, <laughs> Dave we started round about nine minutes. Yeah. Okay. It's themed songs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Or themed tunes. Is it themed tunes or themed, themed songs? Themed tunes, themed songs. I think it is. Oh, God, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> it's themed songs. <laughs> it's themed songs, isn't it? Okay. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <coughs> okay so nine minutes right 